Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We have arrived at Isaiah chapter 56, but first I want to give you a little bit of context from Deuteronomy, meaning second law. It's just a reiteration of the law of God, chapter 23. So uh, it begins with a pretty shocking requirement uh, that forbid eunuchs from entering into the Lord's assembly. Um, and it would also include those of illegitimate birth. Uh, uh, none of his descendants, even to the 10th generation, may enter the Lord's assembly. No Ammonite or Moabite may enter the Lord's assembly. None of their descendants, even to the 10th generation, may ever enter the Lord's assembly. Uh, and it explains why, because of the, the way that they treated the Israelites during um, d- during the, the Exodus. Um, Yet the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam. Balaam was hired by the king of Moab to curse Israel. But he turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. Um, Never pursue their welfare or prosperity as long as you live. But then, look at this, it gets kinder at the end of the the passage. Do not despise an Edomite because he is your brother, Jacob and Esau. Jacob's the progenitor of Israel. His name was literally changed to Israel, Edom. Uh, was the nation from Esau, uh, Jacob's fraternal twin brother. Do not despise an Egyptian because you are a resident alien in his land. Uh, So there were these requirements that would forbid eunuchs and certain foreigners from ever even entering the temple. That's going to come up in today's text. That's why I I just looked at that passage from Deuteronomy with you. This is what the Lord says. Preserve justice and do what is right, for my salvation is coming soon, and my righteousness will be revealed. Happy is the person who does this, the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. This reminds me of, of Psalm 119. This is, uh, I've, been, I've been trying to teach some of the Psalms to my kids lately. And uh, it, we all, you see this theme come up in the Psalms about just like th- there's joy that comes in the word of the Lord and keeping the word of the Lord. No foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord should say, the Lord will exclude me from his people. And the eunuch should not say, look, I'm a dried up tree. All right, let's let's talk about this. This is this is a really big deal. This was a little bit uh, of a hard pill for uh, for this is still actually a bit of a hard pill for some Orthodox Jews to swallow. It's why they, a lot of them don't know what to make of the prophet Isaiah. But it's pretty clear what it's saying here. Uh, this is a prophecy about God's salvation coming upon the Gentile nations and even welcoming in to uh, the fellowship of God those who were previously excluded from it this is a this is this speaks to Christ's work upon the cross as it fulfilled the sacrificial system and now as a result dietary restrictions for example are no longer there see acts chapter 10 we uh we we are no longer required to abstain from certain foods all right now everything's on the menu god has made it all clean so the old testament dietary laws dietary restrictions they go out the window and as do even these uh these restrictions on eunuchs being forbidden from coming into the fellowship with god all right this is this is a prophecy in the old testament describing what that effect of the new testament no foreigner who has joined himself to the lord should say the lord will exclude me from his people this is a this is a, again uh, consistent with what we've seen in the past several chapters the coasts and the islands the persians all the gentile nations will come into the light of god and the eunuch should not say look i'm a dried up tree 
meaning I bear no fruit. Okay, do you follow me here? Because this is a man who is unable to, to, to reproduce. He thinks of himself as uh, a tree that is unable to produce produce, right? For the Lord says this, For the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold firmly to my covenant, I will give them in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give each of them an everlasting name that will never be cut off. Jesus spoke about eunuchs in Matthew chapter 19, uh, before the, the ratification of Obergefell and gay marriage becoming the kind of the law of the land, as it were, uh, you know, uh, with the approval of the, the highest court in the land, whose job really, by the way, was to interpret the Constitution. But anyway, when that uh, when that became the case, there were there was a, a common argument that was even put forth by a lot of Christians who evidently need to read their Bibles more. Uh, that Jesus never said anything about marriage being between a man and a woman. The truth is, in Matthew chapter 19, he not only did affirm that marriage is between one man and one woman. No Christians do not believe in polygamy, um, but he also spoke about eunuchs about those who become eunuchs by choice and those who are born eunuchs. If you are intersex, for example, know that Jesus actually did accommodate, did, did like foreknow, and then make, you know, a, a, a craft a teaching that includes you in Matthew chapter 19. And this, this is a beautiful story about redemption because we saw this earlier in Deuteronomy 23, like no man whose testicles have been crushed or whose penis has been cut off by enter the Lord's assembly. That was Deuteronomy 23, verse 1, and now in prophesying uh, what would to come, uh, what was what was to come in the in the the, the future. Wow! Look at this. Eunuchs would be given uh, a memorial and a name. It's a big deal because if you're a eunuch, you can't reproduce, and that means you're not going to have sons to carry on your name. But God's going to give them a, a memorial that is better than sons and daughters. I will give each of them an everlasting name. Okay, if you were born intersex, or if you have undergone gender transition surgery, and you're you've kind of coming under the realization that you will not be able to to reproduce, I want to invite you to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ because this is God speaking to you. It may be from the old covenant, but it is a prophecy, I believe, about what's happening right now in in your heart. This is this is really tremendously beautiful. Do you see this? Like you may you may not be able to biologically reproduce because of what either was done to you as you asked for it willingly or because of something that you could not have helped in either case. Like Jesus speaks to you in Matthew 19 and this speaks to you straight from the old covenant into the new covenant. You can have an everlasting name that that will that will never disappear. A memorial that is better than sons and daughters. As for the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to Him, to love the name of the Lord and to become His servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating and hold firmly to my covenant, I will bring them to my holy mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations." Um, this is cool. This is where it, uh, this is actually what this this is the kind of the namesake for a lot of churches. Actually, it's uh, Isaiah fifty six, uh, verse seven. This is the declaration of the Lord God who gathers the dispersed of Israel. I will gather to them still others besides those already gathered. 
Right? This is uh, also what I believe is going on in those those prophecies that Jesus says about the sheep that are not of, not of the sheep pen. Uh, I don't think he's talking about extraterrestrials. I think he's talking about the Gentiles who are going to be brought in to salvation. That's it's consistent with verse eight. All you animals of the field and forest, come and eat. Okay, now I think that these animals are being just uh, th- these are uh, th- these have been analogous to uh, the 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 enemies of God. We've seen that image uh, come up, uh, for example, in Jeremiah twelve nine, Ezekiel thirty four five, and verse eight. Israel's watchmen are blind, all of them. They know nothing. All of them are mute dogs. They cannot bark. They dream, lie down, and love to sleep. These dogs have fierce appetites. They never have enough. And they are shepherds who have no discernment. All of them turn to their own way, every last one for his own profit. Okay, so this is... uh, this is part of the the this is part of the the pastoral imagery of the leadership of Israel who is corrupt. Jesus saw this like their sheep without a shepherd, and uh, he's about to give a, a fierce indictment of the spiritual leadership of Israel. I think it's a prophecy about, for example, the Pharisees, but it also directly condemns something that was prevalent within Judah's context. All Israel's watchmen are blind. All of them, they know nothing. Uh, they're supposed to be the ones looking out for false teaching, for example, for the the abuse of the poor in their midst. But they're just not doing any. Instead, they're just partying. They're just they're, they're they're not paying attention to anybody who needs anything because they're just so concerned for their own profit. All right. See this this weighs in on even the New Testament qualifications. You know, for someone who wants to serve as an elder. Uh, come, let uh, let me get some wine. Let's guzzle some beer, and tomorrow will be like today, only far better. Right? This is a mockery. This this is mocking the false teachers, and this is something that came up earlier in the book of Isaiah, where they're not paying attention. They're gonna be they're gonna be caught off guard uh, by by God's discipline on their lives, because rather than rather than actually dealing with the animals of the field, the beasts, right. Uh, Rather than rather than being shepherds to protect the sheep, they're just looking they're just looking out for their own profits, their own personal financial gain, uh, gain, and they're not actually they're not actually caring for uh, they're not actually caring for the people of God. So verses one through eight of this chapter give this beautiful uh, this beautiful call to preserve justice and do what is right. His salvation is coming soon. My righteousness will be revealed. I think that, that speaks forward about Jesus' coming. It has this incredible promise to foreigners, to eunuchs, who were, according to Deuteronomy, were actually forbidden from coming into the assembly of God. And then verse 9 suddenly takes a, a hard turn to rebuke the, uh, the corrupt leaders of ancient Judah. That's something that Israel had, uh, that, that, sorry, Isaiah had been doing before. And so it, it, it's hard to couple those two passages together because they seem to speak to drastically different things, uh, but God had already foreknown that he would bring in foreigners, that he would provide redemption for the eunuchs, you know, that, that this, was, this was something God said that he would do 700 years before Christ was even born. This is the redemptive nature of our God, and it's it also does foreshadow Jesus, and that the only people to whom Jesus spoke harshly were the Pharisees, who would weigh people down with heavy legalistic burdens that they themselves were not willing to carry. They they did not actually do what God told them to do, 
And they would be shocked to see that sinners, that tax collectors would come into the kingdom of heaven before they would. Uh, so when you think of it that way, the two cup, the the two sections do sort of overlap. Uh, I pray that I pray that this this text does bless you if you are intersex, if you are if you have undergone a a, a mutilating surgery and you've been wondering what God says about that. This is something that God wrote 700 years before the birth of Christ, and He's still the same God today. I'll see you tomorrow.